to Indie Fan Radio on One Foot Down, the One Foot Down podcast, Fighting Irish, 5-0, beat down Central on the Stanford Cardinal, Notre Dame 38, Stanford 17, and what a fine ass kicking it was. I am Irish Titanus at Irish Titanus on Twitter. To my left, my brother, Andy McFly. I am at Andy McFly on Twitter. At Andy McFly. Yeah. We thank you for uh, for joining us. Um, we are well over 10,000 downloads this season um, via SoundCloud, mm-hmm. via OneFootDown.com, via Apple, what do they call that? iTunes. iTunes. Yeah. yeah, all that fun stuff. So thank, if, you're, if you're new to the show, uh, thanks for joining us. If you're one of our loyal repeat customers, we appreciate your patronage yeah. and you should have a punch card with like your 10th podcast and if you're old school we're gonna start putting our podcast on vinyl limited edition we're gonna send it out (laughs) with like with uh, album notes and and uh and a picturette and a b-side and a picturette uh yeah like some sort of bio information assigned assigned eight by ten yeah of me holding my barbecue trophy (laughs) me in a sweater sitting (laughs) on a rock looking out at the ocean (laughs) a cardigan yeah Simon and All right. Yep. There you go. I am a rock. I am an island. Um, yeah. The, dude, this game was awesome. This game was awesome in every single way. It was. I mean, when, you know, when we watched the season itself, you like. Let's be honest. If you've been doing this long enough, if you've been podcasting or watching the team specifically, let's call it what it is. Specifically, Brian Kelly. I think that there's an element of waiting for a shoe to drop. And as this game progressed, you're like, it's just not going to yeah. happen. No, it's the shoe's just... dropping, and it's Notre Dame actually being the one that's stomping. Exactly, yeah, exactly. She's dropping on Stanford. Yeah, it's just not happening. I mean, so when I'm watching Notre Dame play Wake Forest, okay, that makes sense to me. Again, Wake Forest is is packing it in by halftime. You know, it, they're just not the type of pedigree that Stanford is. We all know that. So when I see Book going out there and kind of having his way and, and doing everything against Wake, that's one thing. But to see it against Stanford... And to see Notre Dame, like, you know, you talked about the Michigan game beginning, and yes, that was a nice game. It was a nice win. I think you were a little on the high end in terms of, of elation. No, but look, that was a... Fr- but a lot of that was margin, the margin of victory. It, it just To me, the Michigan game was never in question. I mean, Notre Dame jumped out and early. Fair. And it just And you saw how inept, inept Michigan looked on offense slash how good the defense looked, right? So the combination of, of both... 
and you're like, there's no way Michigan's going to come back. I mean, right. it's just not going to happen. You know, yeah. so that, that was just out of control from the get go on on their standpoint. And if Notre Dame was a little bit, let me put it this way: it, if Ian Book was playing in the Michigan game and playing the way that they played here, yeah. it would have been a death bucket. Oh, I agree. It would have been a death that. bucket game because Michigan was was already you could see teetering. They're like they have no answer. They, they yeah. they're, they're just not going to come back they had from talent, this. Talent, no strategy, it, right? right? And they were just a listless ship and. We even titled that podcast Brian Kelly out coach Jim Harbaugh and that guy is, I'm I, everybody knows as critical as I am of Brian Kelly he out coached David Shaw I mean they picked Stanford apart oh, no in doubt. this game from no a coaching doubt. standpoint yeah, no I mean Chip Long Clark Lee Brian Kelly they decimated they Stan- did I mean they they owned them and here's what's funny again at, you know you got most people out there that have, that have heard the show understand that you can probably imagine as you and I are watching the game I'm not necessarily the jump through the roof screaming and yelling like we're still analyzing because you know come Sunday night we we want to do the podcast and so you always have this analytical view and I just sat there just jaw to the floor like and you know my wife is chiming in as I tweeted she's like who is this team this is the best they've looked in five years and I'm like there's no there was no drawback I mean there were very very few mistakes the ones that you saw were minimal I mean lapses of of mental awareness and judgment, they just weren't there. Yeah. There were no critical penalties. No, there right, were no right, right off the bat. There was the uh, the fourth and one where they got stuffed. You know, and, but and, you know what? That's for, okay. That's a Stanford's a kind of team where yeah, are they, they no, going to blow up? Yeah, like, no, look, they're a slow plotting from, team. From, from there, it, it just it only got better. The play calling was fantastic. The four the next time they went for it on fourth down with with the uh, the play action. Yeah, to uh, to Cole Komet. I mean, that was gangsta. That was Look, a gangsta, the Alizé play after the turnover. Yeah. was was just get poetic. That guy, get that guy a little confidence because he's you yeah. Know, he's no, had, he's everything had a rough year. everything about that was you know. Did you uh, let me ask you this? Do you like the this game did start a little bit more of, of a Titan chess match it sta- though? It started that way, and I like that it, because it, it's, it's like okay, this is what these teams it, are. But then Notre Dame was like, oh, now it, it was now for my next trick. Yeah, well, here so here's the and thing. It just got so it just here, got here, weird. So. Here, Here's the thing at Irish Tightness on Twitter. I've been I've been doing my best to when when I see that this thing's over and I feel like I got a pretty decent feel for the game. And that was one of the main knocks on Brian Kelly or Brian Kelly 1.0 is they always let some of these shitbag teams hang around for so long. And it was just irritating because, like, yeah, you're giving these guys hope and you had these quarterbacks who who were nobodies that that ter- look like they were budding Heisman you know right. campaigns starting against against Notre Dame and it was so infuriating mm-hmm. and and against Wake Forest man what was that dude Hartman Sam Hartman oh my god he looked like he was just yeah. a, you know he looked like he was a punching bag for a heavyweight who was getting who was training to go in and you're just like hey dude you're gonna go stand in there and just get your face pummeled yeah while Evander Holyfield or Mayweather or pick pick your favorite boxer you know, it was just tuning up for his next bout, right? Yeah, so, right. And, and the the guys just looked weary and looked like I don't. It was hot, pot- you know. Wake Forest was hot potato. He didn't even want the ball. Yeah, he was throwing him so quick. He was throwing him in the dirt, and he was throwing. Yeah. He, I mean, he was throwing before guys were even open, just to get rid of the ball because the D line was annihilating yeah. the guy. I mean, they were eating his lunch, and I saw that in Costello's face in the first half, and I wanted nothing more than to say this thing is over. You go check my timeline on. Twitter I was I was I said look out of respect for Stanford 
A for what they did against Oregon last week, sure. and B out of what out of respect for what they've done to Notre Dame previously under you know, specifically yeah, no, yeah, Devin no Kajust and BVG style. I said I'm not going to call this thing over, but the warning signs were flashing in the Absolutely. first half. Notre Dame was in control. I know it was whatever 21 to 14, which is not a a, a, a juggernaut score, but you knew they were going to get the ball back in the second half. Kajust or uh, uh, Costello looked he looked like he was getting a little woozy. And you're like, all right, they got Irwin, and they've got uh, um, oh damn, what's the other guy's name? Uh, our 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 Sega Whiteside. Our Sega Whiteside. So yeah. like, they, you got they got these two guys, and they got Bryce Love. That's it. And if you shut these three guys down, they're they ain't gonna have shit to do. Right. And Bryce Love was getting hit a lot, and yeah. they kind of had him bottled. It almost looked, and it was weird because it looked like Stanford was calling like a Charlie Weiss or a Brian Kelly 1.0 offense. You're like, all right, they got a big guy to throw a fade to. They've got like three running plays, and if one of them works, they're gonna keep calling it. But it was just at some point you're like, no name's they're they're effectively stopping this and and they're starting to physically manhandle Stanford and I question do these guys have they're a well-coached team. They're tough kids. That's great. But Notre Dame just looked deeper, more physical, more competent, better coached, better schemed. And when have you seen that? Never, never. And it's funny you mentioned that the fact that like Stanford was looking like something we've seen before. Not even you don't even have to go back to Charlie Weiss. Let's be honest. They look like something you've seen from Brian Kelly on many, many occasions. And I talked about during the Michigan game. There's a particular type of enjoyment when you watch. It's Schadenfreude, right? You watch somebody else go through what you've gone through. Tons of talent, tons of history and pedigree at Michigan, they didn't have an airtight game plan and thus they lost. And Stanford, it's the exact same thing. I view Stanford, and I put, I put a comment on the rivalry. There's a rivalry post on One Foot Down this past week about is Stanford a rival or not. And I chimed in a little bit about that. And one of the things about Stanford to me is the scholastic nature of these teams, the way that they play football, you know, the cerebral nature of it. I view these teams as as very similar. I'm talking at a macro level. They're yeah. very similar yeah. teams, you know, small schools, academic schools, that type of thing. And to watch somebody that has the talent like Arcega Whiteside and Bryce Love, I'm not that high on Costello, but Bryce Love, I mean, is no doubt a phenomenal football player. So when you watch somebody that has that kind of talent, yeah. and then you watch you just David Shaw, his facial expressions yeah. and just his his angst and his it disappointment. Kelly. It's it, it so was, Kelly. And it, I'm like, now, I've been now, you. Shaw, I have been Shaw, you. Shaw internalizes it and just gives the, the dismissive hand wink look, right? I mean, he's just like yeah. the eye roll. Yeah. Like, like the... Um, you know, it's just the condescending eye roll. You know, whereas Kelly's like dropping f bombs on your yeah, in, in your yeah, face. Right. So they're they're a little bit way in. And he's more, Shaw, he's Shaw clearly internalizes evident. it. But it's the same thing. That was Brian Kelly 1.0. No, and it's like, and then you start thinking to yourself like, geez, man, there's a Heisman, there's a Heisman quality running back on the field. Yeah, and it, plus Bryce Love. Right. <laughs> oh, nice. That's, Do you think it's fair to say that David Dexter Shaw- Williams is awesome? Yes, oh, my I think gosh. it is, is absolutely it, fair to I say. I was trying to think about what David Shaw's facial expression, his his standard expression reminded me of. And I feel like it's like when you're with, like when he's with it's, his wife and his wife's ex-husband like rolls up in his convertible and he's like, hey, I'm doing really well for myself. And he just rolls his eyes like, it, dude, it, come on. This, like, this, come on. This, you're guy, killing, this guy, his is, face is a, so dude, funny a, to me. He's a Seinfeld character. He I mean, is, he's a Seinfeld he's so character. 
character. Funny to me. He's wearing a he's wearing a satin nightshirt, which makes no sense. Like he has like this form fitting silky shirt on. I'm like, Ooh, Shaw, Shaw did. He was a sweatshirt, wasn't he? Yeah, but it had, had like this sheen to it. I'm Speaking like, what of are attire, you Brian doing? Kelly was wearing a muumuu. Is it just me or has he put on mass amounts of pounds? Oh, lately? I don't know. I don't uh, know about he, that. He, he looked, looked I'm, short. I'm not judging. I'm, I'm not judging. No, he looks short whenever but, I see him next to the players. Kelly, but Kelly, I noticed him. Was either Wake or Vandy game. He's wearing some like uh, waterproof, you know, the like, jacket. Right. He was wearing a sleeve, like a short sleeve jacket. It was That's a muumuu. This, okay. It was a freaking muumuu. I was like, dude, he kind of looks big. And then this I don't game even too. know what that is. Way, but... way off topic. Whatever. Um, it's all this. It's all the celebratory victory meals, is. man. Good for him. It is. No, this game. I I tell you, I I am elated. I've got to say, man, and people were like, who are you? <laughs> On Twitter, they were, I was like, Notre Dame outcoached. They looked be- better conditioned. They were in shape. They were had. They looked deeper. Yeah. Their their play calling, you know, their defense was on point. I mean, all, all the – I mean, look, there's – it's not, they didn't get out of this thing fl- – I mean, I think Alex Bars is gone for the season. Yeah, that, they, that, I that did sucks. see that. That is. Drew Tranquil busted a metacarpal, which is part of your phalanges, he, right? What, when the interception bounced off his I hand? I don't know. Yeah, so he's going to be in a cast, no <sighs> surgery. So you know, I mean, like, yeah. there's some nicks and dings in that, and and Jafar Armstrong was obviously out for the game. Um, but by and large, man, uh, Notre Dame flexed their. I mean, to me, they flexed their muscle in this game. Uh, Brian Kelly, we talked about last week. Since 2016, again, I mean, you can't just at least I can't just delete four and eight from from my memory. It's like I. I it's so not like that never happened, but right. if you looked at Kelly since then as if it were a new coach, now they're what ten and three plus five, fifteen and three. Yeah, is that, is that what it is? I mean, yeah. which is a win percentage of eight point three, eight point four, I mean, whatever it is. It was eight two three last. So you know you're 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 in the mid eight hundred win percentage since then. Which if it was a if it was Bob Stoops or somebody, you'd be extending him to yeah. twenty thirty two. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, that's be... right. That's right. So, see, I mean, you gotta you gotta like that. Uh, the coordinators slash Brian Kelly. I mean, their game plan was on point. Right, dude. it was on point, and I feel like. This was one of Brian Kelly's best wins at Notre no, Dame. No doubt, I think no this doubt. was one of his best wins at Notre I, Dame. I agree. I don't. I haven't gone through every single one of them in in my mind, but it's got to be top five. No. Well, first of all, they haven't had a top ten matchup at home, so we know that that's not the case, right? But the the, the pedigree of the opponent, the night environment, and you you know, it's funny you mentioned like people are like who are you? You know, to you, like you're this old. I'm, the, I'm the realest motherfucker you know. Well, yeah. I will call it exactly how it is. Exactly. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to bullshit it. Exactly. If, if you guys are out there smoking pixie dust. And rainbows and unicorns. Right. I'm going to tell you, you're full of shit. But when they look like a legitimate program, I, hey, that's what, I'm a football what else, coach. Exactly. I'm a football player. I can clearly recognize what it. I'll tell you when the game's yeah. over on Twitter. I'm going to tell you it's over, which I did early in the. You know, there's right. eight minutes left in the fourth. This thing's done. Um, after Coney's pick, it was over, dude. Oh, yeah. It was over. No doubt. That, well, they wanted nothing. Arguably over and before if, that. And if even. Notre Dame finally looks like a playoff team, they look finally look like a playoff caliber yeah. team to me. No, I mean, and, and like, it's great. Right. And I, I have no problem saying I was wrong. I mean, I don't know how this will go the rest of the year, but in my opinion, no, there's no reason Notre Dame can't win out. 
and no. be in the playoff. No, I mean, I, I would be pissed if they didn't. At right this stage. now, face value on their schedule, there's nobody else that looks like Stanford. There are teams that are capable of being better than Stanford, but right now on paper, nobody looks like that. And you're right. When Notre Dame is bad, we say it was bad. When Notre Dame is good, last year, all last year, we were we were ecstatic. And it may not sound like that because we're not the same as everybody else. But when Notre Dame was running the ball last year, which I still look back very fondly, but I'll, I'll redirect that in a moment here. When Notre Dame was running the ball, we were dropping rushing stats of of note week in and week out about how Notre Dame was number one in this, number one in that. Josh Adams, I mean, we were singing the praises all, all season long. So nobody can really knock us for not being realistic. And here's the thing. It's only fair to wait and, and be a little bit cautious because of the history of Brian Kelly. But you're right. If you decide to start history magically after the big snafu of four and eight, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It really is. It's a true it's a true Saul to Paul conversion. It's it's wonderful. And in the grand Catholic tradition, conversions are great. I love people that have a conversion story. But let me get back to what I just alluded to here. How interesting was it to you that this wasn't really uh let's just run the ball down their throat? I mean, they did it however they wanted to do it. You have Miles Boykin having yeah. a game of his yeah. life. You have Dexter Williams. I mean, we all know Dexter was electric, but I in the back of my mind, I was a little bit nervous because everybody was placing so much importance on his return. Like it was going to be messianic, and it was, yeah. and it was Dude. for him to live up to the hype and first run, touch, just house call, house call. Like the guy had actually been in a cage, you yeah. know, since the last time he had played football, and they finally released it. Yeah. Like he was like a greyhound, just gone, unbelievable. It, it, and his attitude, and his you know, his, his hype level, and, and his and just everything he, about it. it. I mean, when you see Dexter Williams. And we said earlier in the year, he may be one of the best backs that Notre Dame's had in the last 10, Dude, 20 he years. nine I mean, point whatever last year. This game, how yeah. do you get you 161 yards and he averaged seven? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. It, it, so, I mean, he may be one of the best backs Notre Dame's had in, in decades. I mean, you just, I don't know, maybe could possibly be one of the best running backs they've ever had. And you've I mean, seen, and you've I, seen I don't the know tip how of you the know, iceberg but, in terms of accumulative but carries. He, when he's got the ball, you just there. I mean, there's like there were a couple of shoestring, you know, like guys that if he would have zigged instead of zagged, oh, yeah. or if if the one guy misses. I mean, he's a game break. I mean, it, he's he's going to the house. Totally, I mean, and not totally. and not the way that Josh Adams did, which is the holes were massive. He was this the, he is, was this the is, logical big play guy, right, right? He always did the right thing, but and Dexter does the thing that nobody else. And can you know do. what I and 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 after you watch Williams in for a series or so, no offense to Tony Jones, but I then he comes back in and you're like, this guy looks like he's running underwater. Yeah, yeah, he looks like he's running. And, you know, with with cross country skis on his feet, it's yeah. insane. And I like Tony and he, Jones. I love the guy, and he had a couple of great games the last few weeks. And 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 uh, Arm, Jafir, uh, uh, Armstrong, Armstrong is, yeah. is is great too. I mean, he right. was out for this game. He's got an infection in his knee. What the hell is that? Yeah, is I don't know. I don't World know War One? Are we? Is this the Oregon Trail? Clean the locker he room. Dive dysentery. Dude. He's uh, got yeah. a knee infection. Well, maybe he this had some a, sort of suture. Or something. I, I don't recall an injury for him. Man. Yeah. This that's that's bizarre to me but yeah but um no it, but no and no offense to jones but after watching williams and then you go back to watching jones you're like oh my gosh man. yeah 
Yeah, no, and and Jones almost looks like the guy that maybe maybe he should just put on ten more pounds yeah, and just, just become Robert the next Hughes. Robert Hughes. Yeah. Absolutely, be yep. be more of a goal line guy. I mean, may, maybe be more of a fullback guy for Dexter. I mean, he he's that big. Like Tony Jones is a big dude. Yeah, and for I sure. think he could be that. But I've just never seen somebody that had. I wouldn't say Notre Dame fans were saying the whole game relies on Dexter Williams because no, we saw but, that. But he, for the hype, to there say was this a guy's lot of pressure back. on him. Yeah. And I mean, have you ever seen somebody deliver coming back out of rhythm, first game, game week five, just ready and 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 just serviceable the entire game, no mistakes. I, he may have fumbled he, one, nah, but they I didn't mean, lose I, it. I think that he had a couple of missed pass. You know, I mean, like pass block assignments, and I, I wouldn't say he was flawless. But, you know, it's like, look, man, I mean, I know that running backs need to do some pass blocking. I get it. But let's not. We should be so far removed from the days where Cam McDaniel was fucking playing because he's the best pass blocker on the team while Greg Bryant sits. You take that back. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. It's one thing to say, okay, you know. Just do what you can because Armstrong is out and you're the guy, right? And we are going to give you 20 carries, which is, I believe, 11 carries more than he ever had in a college football game in his entire life, right? So we're going to more than double any carries that you've ever had. And right at the last minute, you find that, you know, RB1 is out. So it's like, you're the guy. And maybe maybe that relieved. the. Maybe it was like, you're getting the carries regardless. Yeah. So do what you can. But again, the first play, he was ready. He was ready. He took advantage. And he had some just fantastic runs. In the game, Jones, again, was, Jones was a little shook up at one point. Uh, we yeah. know Armstrong's out. They started to get Davis some carries later in this in the in the in the game just because he's <laughs> could potentially sure. be the number two guy at yeah. this point. Uh, and and you know that's nice. Williams had a great. He was amped up and whatever, but yeah. we don't know how good a shape he's in. Um, well, he may have taken a little bit of a beating. That's a lot of carries yeah, just to come in yeah. and maybe I don't know what his condition you, level is. But again, is like, there any point? Do you, do you? I mean. Do you look at Wimbush as a as a potential running Who? back? Yeah, I mean, oh, as a running back, I thought you were going to say as no, as no, no. anything else. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, he's a better runner than Avery Davis, I think. Maybe you know, I think back on when Notre Dame used to. I'm not a huge uh, reverse or it just end seems around like they're guy. Gonna be, they're going to come up short on running backs if here before Wim, too long. If Wim, I agree, and but if Wimbush can catch the football, I think him in that slot position. I feel like what they were starting to do with maybe like a C.J. Sanders or something like that. You know what I mean? In the slot, like bringing him around laterally and catching the ball and kind of a flip. That's how Riddick you know started, I, mean? I think, right? Riddick. Well, Riddick was a receiver, then they moved him to running back, yeah, and then he yeah. just he, he was possessed his senior year, um, and he's still doing it in the NFL. I mean, he's still a great back, but I just I, there I we all want to believe there's a place on on in this offense for Brandon Wimbush, there, but let me tell you, after prob- after this game, there's probably not. Hey, there's not a lot of room there, on the subway it, car here. I yeah, mean, no, I'm with you. I look, I mean, I I pulled so hard for Wimbush for so long, just like I did for Zaire. I don't know what it is about the running quarterbacks. Maybe it's because I'm such an option fan. Yeah, I see a running quarterback and I just envision all the possibilities of of an option chip, sure. chip kelly kenny amatololo run heavy option i just i i see a guy that can run and that's where my mind dances that's, that's what i fantasize about but there's no question i mean they look so good under book i mean it, they look so when he's doing his little shovel passes and shit it's yeah, just like yeah all right this guy is he's operating at a level that and you said on twitter at andy mcfly my brother thank you said something to the effect of you know ian books are Already done five things in the first half that Wim, that, that Wimbush can't do. Yeah, and, first and, quarter. And, you know, and, and you're right about that. I really, really, really like Wimbush. He's been such a good 
teammate. He's been he's done everything that's been asked of him by the coaching staff. I just wanted nothing more than that guy to be successful. You feel like, geez, man, he can't. Minka Fitzpatrick's his teammate. The guy's like an all star for Alabama. These both these guys should be studs, right? He yeah. should be doing. He should be in the Heisman and and with all the rushing touchdowns and all that shit last year was like, gosh, you just want. This team, they look so much better with Book. I know. They look, I'm and, with and, you. And, and, it's, and at this point, it's like, I just hope that uh, Wimbush finds a great place to transfer to because I think he graduates this year. He's going to be a this... great transfer, and he's going to be starting for like, uh, and... hopefully he does something better than Zaire at Florida. I just, you just, to me, it seems like the writing's on the wall at this point. No, that I would that's love to see happen, him at right? a Georgia Tech or something like that, you oh know, God, where dude. there's more. But here's the thing. It's like, Paul, well, Paul Johnson probably he deserves a, a good job, home put him out on Willie the... Fritz at Tulane. He oh deserves a good home out on the farm where he, he can run, he, he, where he can run. Yeah, be, right, exactly. Be free to run. Exactly. And that's the thing. And that's the that's the $64,000 question for the Notre Dame fan. If anybody's still kind of shedding tears for Brandon Wimbush, it's like, what's better for him right now? Is it to try to find a novelty spot for him in Notre Dame's offense so he can still you know, like be with his teammates? Or is it would be better for him to be a quarterback that's going to embrace the run or at a place that's going to embrace the run somewhere else. And the answer to me is is somewhere else. But it's I, trust me, if he's committed to the program, if he's a Notre Dame guy, I'd love to have him he, on the I team. I mean, he's going to graduate. But you see it so in his he, eyes, he, right? He's yeah. a quarterback at heart. And you yeah. see it in his eyes yeah. when it got to garbage time, okay, when you see like Jameer Smith come in and you still see Ian Book out there and the game is completely in the bag and there's 32 seconds left and Wimbush still doesn't get a, he doesn't even get a, a, a one bone. Yeah, but you don't even want to play at that point if you're him. I know, but I, that's when the writing is also on the wall when yeah. you're like, hey man, there's no package for me in this game because we did everything on offense. We yeah. ran it. We passed it. We we, yeah. we did whatever and there's no package for yeah. him in that game. And, I, and honestly, that, look, that, look, to me, that, that was getting pretty final. So here's the thing about Wimbush. I mean, I feel like at the beginning of the season when they didn't know what they had with the offensive line, when Dexter was out, when, you know, Tony Jones and uh, Armstrong were like, Jafar Armstrong were like, Okay, we you know it could be good, but we don't exactly know, so we didn't even have a running game at that point. You kind of needed Wimbush's legs, right? No, I agree. And we talked about as that. The receivers were kind of, I mean, you lost Stefferson, you lost a lot of guys that you know. It's yeah. like, uh, you know. But here's the here's the only thing about that though. The only thing that, and we talked about that with varying levels of conspiracy theory. But here's the thing about that: Ian Book didn't just magically become a great quarterback no, last no, week. No, he's, he's been this no, guy. He's been solid. He's been solid. But but what's I what just What's crazy to me is for how poor and how shittily Notre Dame, Brian Kelly, whoever the OC have managed quarterback situations in the past. Yeah. How poorly that some of these decisions have gone. Right. This one seems to have worked brilliantly. This is the most, to me... The, the guy that has been outcoached at almost every turn, who's made some of the shittiest coaching decisions fathomable, the guy who's led Notre Dame into the toilet a handful of times, or right. to mediocrity multiple times, up through 2016... It has is doing the complete opposite. Yeah, is making intelligent and intuitive and ballsy. This in the case of book, it is. I mean, to, to insanely ballsy decisions, and they're he looks like a fucking genius. The, the craziest thing this season that's happened yet, and trust me, it might seem a little bit more evident to some of the reactionary folk out there. Maybe the cousin JJ's of the world. They're like, I, I can just tell he's not the guy. Yank him, you know. And I'm like, okay, I get that. There's always a part of the crowd that's going to say no, that. JJ was saying put book in like three exactly. weeks ago. Right? But the reality is when when you have an undefeated college football team, and let's be honest, the offense was relatively anemic, and we mentioned it on this podcast, but when you pull a guy who's 12-3 and three 
as yeah. a starter, yeah. including three and zero in the beginning of a season, including a win over Michigan. You pull that guy. I mean, that's there's a real risk of mutiny and, well, and look, Ian Book. Da- da- I mean, Dabo, your boy Dabo did it. Your boy Dabo did that's it. True. And Kelly Bryant's like, well, fuck this, I'm out. That's true. And they sure could have used him last week. That's true. But, you know, it just makes you wonder if that's what it takes to be at the elite level. We always talk about for the coaches well, is hey, to have that conviction hey, look, and say, I, you know but what? I'll tell you this. Urban Meyer had the balls to, if a coach wasn't doing what he wanted, that he expected at the end of the year, and they may have won a Fiesta Bowl or they would have gone to a playoff or they would have done fine. But those top, top, top elite level coaches – fire guys that Brian Kelly would retain, right? You know, yeah. it's like, oh, well, you know, we'll bring Van Gorder back. He seemed to do fine. Well, or we'll bring Scott Booker back. I mean, special teams weren't that bad, right? And it's so, and you always admire some of these elite level coaches. They're like, hey, they they had, a, by all accounts, a successful season, and they still clipped a guy. Yeah. Because they, they recognize that they need to upgrade even further to be a true contender. And that's what they've done here with the quarterback. That's what Dabo did with his quarterback. Apparently, well, Alabama. He thought, I mean, look, that's right. Alabama. Yeah, I no, mean, you pull. Yeah, you, you think Wimbush is getting a raw, raw into the deal? What about Jalen Hurts? Yeah, no kidding. Like, but oh, for, okay, you know, but for but for Notre Dame to finally do that is impressive. Well, and let's talk about Ian Book for a minute. And, I mean, is is there is there any concern with this guy? I mean, you're talking about what is it? Seventy two. Him leaving early to go pro? <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, <laughs> you're talking about a, what is it? Seventy two, seventy three percent completion percentage. Twenty four, you know, thirty three. That's pretty not good. not pretty, not the most yards in the world but four tds you mentioned the flip pass i mean dude that was gangster dude and he's showing some serious evasive maneuvers in the backfield too i mean no i did notice when you said wimbush blew all his good moves just to get out of the backfield book has done that a couple of times too but you know what though he also scrambles himself out of bounds and doesn't take hits i mean he's doing the logical things he's finding creative ways to extend plays like that flip i mean that was a quintessential play about why we need this guy when he came into wake forest he's directing traffic he's pointing to guys the throws seemed logical and then you know you know my favorite part of this game was he went to Boykin like three times in a row as you're watching the game on TV it was down on the bottom of the screen bang 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 and they knew they had something there that guy could not guard Miles Boykin yeah. and they threw him three times in a row and then I think on the touchdown they ended up going maybe back to the right and either uh, Claypool maybe got one or maybe maybe Book actually ran it down to like the goal line or something like that. But they he sniffed out that, hey, we have a distinct advantage here. Boykin was feeling it. And as soon as Boykin actually ended up dropping one, then he kind of moved on and went somewhere else, yeah. you know. But, I mean, again, a guy that I just didn't think I was going to be – I mean – they were talking about him. What he had the most receptions for a Notre Dame receiver since back to Michael Floyd in this game. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. You have Dexter Williams coming out of the out of the tunnel. You know, for the first time this year, he runs for 160 yards. You have a receiver with 11 catches and 144 yards. You have a quarterback that's 70 plus percent completion percentage and, and against that's the Stanford. Thing. Yeah, it's not, no turnovers. It's not no like fumbles. It's, it's not like it's Wake. Which no we, picks. And I think we were fair in saying, hey, that they, they look good against Wake, but Wake's a, kind of a shit show. Where's the there's yeah, nothing no. wrong here. I mean, I just it was, was it, great. and I'm not looking for anything no, wrong. It was fantastic, dude. Claypool, they don't, dude, Claypool they, on special. He's he is a yeah, he is. tackle and they hound ate, on they special ate teams. Stanford's lunch. They every, punched every David way. Shaw. In the nose, right? The, as soon as he walked in the building, they punched him in the nose, and they took his snack pack, and, they took, and they, took his night, lun- they took his lunchables, and he was just sitting in the corner sulking. Notre Dame Stadium? 
No, they, at night, they, they big were, game. They were what? hitting. They were hitting their quarterback. The defense was on point. Coney was. I mean, with the with the uh, with the pick was so nice. Dude, okay, we always talk Alohi offense. Gilman going, Tillery. going over the top. Yeah, dude, Tillery, dude. They, I mean, uh, I mean they, they, his third sack was the one where he was pushing the guy out, and then he no. immediately just flipped left. They, dude, and, they oh ate their gosh. lunch. I mean, they ate Stanford's lunch and. Clark Lee, I mean, it a lot of a big question mark coming into the season. You're like, yeah, I mean, he's calling Elka's defense, and there's continuity of t- terms and schemes and yada yada. But you don't know how they're gonna, you don't know how he's gonna call a, a, a call a game. Yeah. And I think now this and this is part uh, testament to Clark Lee and part to uh, Chip Long, and and I guess. Because I always tie everything back to the, to the head coach, I'll say it's, it reflects great on Brian Kelly in general. But I saw a stat on Twitter with something insane. Like in the second half, the yards hashtag yard points. The yards in the second half, Stanford had like thirty yards in the second half, and Notre Dame had like two hundred and thirty. Yeah, I yeah. mean they put them on lockdown. Look, Notre Dame won this game by three touchdowns. Let's not forget Notre Dame missed a field goal, which it was a bomb, right? It, it was, was a fifty-yard bomb. bomb. But Notre Dame was on about the fifteen-yard line at the end of this game with about a minute and a half left and they completely shut it down in victory formation not out of the realm of possibility that Notre Dame could have tacked on another this, score you're not going to do it against Stanford had, I don't got a problem with that however they could have easily squeaked out another touchdown I think at the end because Stanford didn't want any part of it I mean and the funniest thing Dude. on defense, I, I'm I'm no defensive expert, but I don't see that much blitzing. The pass rush no, is just were, that. They were, no, they were they were doing some, but I mean the D line was definitely. But it's getting, not getting it's not push. blitz only. The no, D line is look, active. Look, I mean they the, get they're there. not getting pressure. The, listen, it's not a gimmicky defense. Yeah, Hart, they're just playing Hartman, out of their Hartman minds. Hartman last week and and Costello both were. I mean, just hit so many times. I mean, they hit guys in their face. Getting taken to the ground, being hurried, being knocked around. You know, if if they're pulling down and running, they're getting stuck. I mean, they're just pressure. They're they got to move. I mean, they, Notre Dame has been, has made uh, the pocket a, a very uncomfortable place for quarterbacks for the last couple of weeks. Okay? Like the back of a Volkswagen. Yeah, no, it's just not. It's not. It's not where you want to be, right? Yeah. So so that's good. I mean, they are bringing guys. I mean, you saw the one where uh, was it Gilman? I think was when they when Bryce Love ripped off his long. I think Gilman was coming on a blitz. I mean, they're sending guys. They're bringing pressure. That's okay. But it is a lot of D line. I mean, it is a lot of D line. Yeah. And you're right. It's not like. It's not Tanuta. It's not just mash the blitz button Tanuta. And for as much shit as BVG talked about getting pressure, getting getting to the quarterback and bringing pressure, they never actually really got home under Van Gorder. Well, they never saying, actually got there. I mean, like they the were sending we guys, there, but right? all of a sudden then there's this huge void in the middle. Exactly. Right? It, yeah. we're just because you're sending a couple of backers, and they're not actually getting to the quarterback or hurrying him, or, or, or they're getting picked up and whatever. Yeah. I mean, and that's the opposite of this year. I, I mean, mean, we're seeing D, we're seeing D linemen getting more sacks than yeah, linebackers. No, look, which Kareem, is like, Kareem's here's on, the other on thing. some of these guys. I mean, I mean if dude, look, if Dalen Hayes could come alive off the edge, they'd they'd really have I something. I was I was worried at the beginning of the year about the secondary, but these guys want the ball at an unbelievable rate. Yeah. I mean, I mean, probably got called for for you know a little pi, but what he he plays aggressive. What, what, Julian Love is NFL dude, caliber. Yeah, um, Elliot, the one where Gilman comes flying in like out of frame. Oh, he just yeah. 
yeah, flies dude. in yeah. to get the interception, yeah. which that guy yeah. that flying guy overturned. Dutchman. Oh, that was great, dude. He just the flying Hawaiian. He just the flying Hawaiian, dude. He's, it was like a kids play, and like yeah. you know, somebody yeah. has like lost control of Peter yeah. Pan, yeah. Yeah. and all of a sudden they just right. swoop yeah. in and there's like there's a sandbag going through going through the floor, and he's shooting across the room. I mean, they jumping and just no, they were on. And I'll tell you, the first time that Bilal came out of nowhere to wreck some dude on the edge is like, was that Elijah Shoemate? Holy shit! Do you see well, how fast? What? Where he got love in the in the no, no, backfield? No, no Bal- yeah, Bilal that, when he, he took him one, off the edge. Yeah. I, you know what, Bilal, and he he looked a little rough to me at the at the very very start of the year. I thought he was out of position a couple of times against Michigan. I mean, I think he's slowly been improving. And because we haven't heard anything about this guy up until this year, it's just always been this like, well, he's supposed to be really athletic, but he hasn't actually done anything. Right. Um, and, and I'm sure that's in part because of where Tranquil was playing and other linebackers. And, you know, you had Niles Morgan who had been in there and for infinity years last year, whatever. But, you know, when you see him play, and maybe it's because he's got the dreads hanging out of the back a little bit and, and because he's rocking the deuce-deuce like, like Shoemate, I, I see this guy coming through and I'm like – He's part Elijah Shoemate and he's part Jalen Smith. I yeah. mean, he's like he's built and he but he's fast, you know. But he but he's coming out of the backfield instead of from you know. So I I don't know, man. I mean, if he if he starts to come alive in, in conjunction with Tranquil and Coney, I mean, in Pride. I mean, the defense hasn't been the, allowing the, the points, but I now mean, they're playing with like a passion. That it's, is, it's gone it's from because it felt like a little bit of a, a slightly more aggressive bend don't break is what it felt like sure. at the beginning of the year, especially against Michigan. It was like a very aggressive bend don't break. I mean, that's that was the feel that it had, and they're starting to get a little more on the offensive, like a little more attacking, mm-hmm. you know. And creating chaos, and if your D line can continue to eat these guys, and I mean Stanford's probably one of the better. I, their O line's not tri- transcendent. I get it. Yeah, but I mean, how many other teams the rest of this year have an O line that? Well, you and would... just, yeah, right. They're just not framed up like Stanford would be. I mean, you're, you're, they have the big guys up yeah. front, and yeah. I think Stanford's line was a little bit down. The only reason I got that is because I read the Stanford guys cross post, which I love on one foot down. Yeah, when, I love when they go to the other team and they kind of get the scouting report. That guy's like, you know, the line's not necessarily all there, but I mean, just. The defensive line, the pass rush, Kareem, all these guys, there's not a guy that I don't like. And then I go back to the little things that used to nag at us in the past, like punt return. Fink does the right thing. Fink is- if he has room, he's really shifty. He's a nice return guy. He's a he's a quick option, you know. But he he he's a sure-handed fair catcher. Fink's going to end up, but he's have, a little risky having, having a he, having a pretty decent little career at Notre Dame. I mean, he's, he's got he's some gonna, good returns, and he's he makes gonna good be catches. memorable. I mean, he's going to be somewhere in between um, Matt Shelton and Chase Anastasio. I know that's a pretty pretty <laughs> Robbie Paris. Yeah, you know, somewhere in there. I mean, a slightly better Robbie Toma I don't you know I mean just he's gonna have a nice little yeah a nice little scrawny white dude career that he's just nobody you know walk on nobody expected anything and and he just had a nice little he's gonna have a nice little career and that that, you know that that's fine but you know what one of the great ways to do that is to is to go in as the punt returner that's just a great place for him to get his touches and to get his chances that one he broke for 30 yards but I think got called back and I don't feel like Um, they were really gonna throw to him much if maybe he we didn't see him catching some well, punts back there, but they when they've thrown to him, especially down the line on some of those lateral yeah, like slip two, screens, he he's, a, he's quick, man. No, he had a he had a fourteen and a sixteen yard grab. A great role. He's just yeah. a great role player. Yeah, yeah no, I know? mean he's having a nice little. 
Uh, and he's not Golden Tate, but no, he's he's no. fine. He's fine for what they are. And, and look, and I said, you know, I saw a picture of Boykin sitting on the sideline. And he's got a little bit of a beard, and he looks like an. You know, I'm thinking back to the 2012 team, and it's like you know, Manti was was kind of like the heart, you know, like the pulse, you know, of of the defense, and and Shimbo was uh, you know obviously you know a really good player and all this stuff, but it's like Capron Lewis Moore was kind of the anchor, you know, he was kind of like old man Cappy was just yeah, like right. a, just a grizzly old you know bearded Rip Van Winkle looking dude, yeah, you know who's who's a who's just been on the team forever and he's just kind of this motive this this he's the rock right I yeah. mean he's the stalwart of the of the team and I saw this picture of Boykin and I even wrote, I was like is Boykin the next old man Cappy it could be he just seems like especially you know on the offensive I mean he just looks like. The the wily old veteran. It's like now let's just walk down and get them all. You know, I mean, he's yeah. just he he just got that vibe to him, I guess. In the picture, I saw that, and I just want just grow your beard out a little bit more and and just be know, the wise just the be, wise just leader be the guy, man. Well, and especially with the kind of night he had, you know. And again, we we've harped so much on Alize Mac, but again, imagine if Mac had that kind of night that Boykin did. You wouldn't well, hear the end of yeah, it. Yeah, he'd I mean, be Instagram would still be on yeah, fire. Exactly, right? and Boykin's just like, yeah, this is what I do. You know, 150 yards i mean i just again you can't and look at the other side of it you got bryce love for crying out loud you got bryce love coming in you know he got hurt so i hope i I hope he's okay i hate to see anybody go down but they beat his ass up dude look dexter had four more carries than bryce love and he had more than twice the yards i mean people this is (laughs) this is you, I, I just you couldn't have written it any better. And again, I, I, it doesn't matter per se, but I firmly believe Notre Dame could have at least gotten a field goal out of the end of the game and, and cracked forty on them. And Stanford, it just showed that maybe they needed a little bit more luck rolling their way, a la the Oregon game, and that didn't happen. Notre Dame was not giving them any breaks. They weren't going to give mean, them any turnovers. I mean, you, you can probably out physical Oregon. I mean, Stanford can be Stan. Notre Dame was was the the more the more physical dominating. Sure. take it to. I mean, they're just everything about yeah. the Irish screamed. You know, it's it's hard for me to say that they're like top five. I mean, like they're number six. Now. I no no no. I know, but what I'm saying is is that because there's there's just not. I mean, if you just think of some of the, like the elite teams that you've seen in the past, I'm talking Jameis Winston, FSU, yeah, you know, Ohio State championship winning teams, anything that you've seen from Alabama, pretty much some of the you know, you, you can recognize like a team that you know Clemson. Uh, you know when it's like all right, these guys are championship caliber i don't know if Notre Dame's quite there but i'll tell you what with book they've made a light years uh, no you doubt. know progress on offense yeah. and the d-line is really coming alive and the back end is playing i mean like the defense has been closer to elite you know this year anyways mm-hmm. but you're starting to say okay i don't know if they are the upper echelon yet I mean, there's still probably some separation between like the top couple of teams and everybody else. I mean, if you feel like Notre Dame going in against Alabama, I don't know. Well, if, but I, that's I don't, how you feel about anybody no, with I know, Alabama. I, no, I, I agree. But I mean, if you're gonna have to beat them if you want to win a title, well, there's no doubt. Here, here's what I'll but say. But they look more legitimately top ten now than I thought they were. Oh, it, I when agree. they were top ten after beating Ball State or something like, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, or, or they're there because there's not nine better teams, not because they're actually 
that you know well, that they started what like 11 or right, 12 right. so it wasn't but, a lot but, of room to go but i mean they look they look but i will say right this now. i was flipping over to the penn state ohio state game and i and there's a lot of recency bias watching notre dame you know beat up on stanford but i'm watching that game and it was a little bit messy and those are two juggernauts and the stadium was rocking and i was like you know what i don't feel like notre dame it does anything embarrassing against either one of those teams and they're a little bit more midwestern or whatever but i'm watching you know penn state's all about mcsorley just kind of willing his way yeah and then ohio state has the big boy at, at qb but he's yeah. not really that polished yeah. and i start to think about what notre dame's doing on the d line i'm just kind of visualizing and i'm not saying i want any of those teams tomorrow to be playing against notre dame but Coming off of the performance against Stanford, I would have felt really good about Notre Dame playing either one of those teams. And I'm not saying they're the only teams in town, but hey, that's a top ten matchup. Just you know, well, the good, a couple the, states the, away, the, and the I, I think is, Notre Dame would have been fine in one of those I with mean, look, one of those teams. Yeah, Notre Dame. I might eat my words. No, but, but look, Notre Dame doesn't play anybody even remotely close to it, and and they should win out. I mean, I they should win out. Dude, Syracuse might be the best team. No, I know. And look, I mean, they should win out. I mean, Virginia Tech, number twenty-four. It's at black. It's in Blacksburg. You know that that's and it's a night game, and they're going to have a dynamic but environment. To, but we're they starting lost to feel their, like know. the Pitts and the Navies and the Northwesterns are starting to kind of get. Dude, if you lose to Pitt or Navy off. or something like that, I mean, or even Northwestern, I mean, that's just. That that that's a that's a mental breakdown. That's a lapse. That, yeah. And, and that shouldn't happen. That should, for, from what you've seen from Brian Kelly so far. I mean, I know that the Miami debacle is still potentially out there, but, but I just that who, shouldn't. But happen. I don't see that team out there. That's the thing. Like Notre Dame is capable of that kind yeah, of meltdown. No, absolutely. But I don't I mean, see they, the look, team Navy's, on their schedule. Navy's down this year. Navy's not going to beat Notre Dame. Northwestern. I mean, come on, man. FSU's trash. Syracuse is chippy. They're lively, but again, I mean, you know, Clemson lost lost uh, their starting QB. So of right. course it's going to be close. And that's a, and, that's a comfortable Saturday USC, afternoon at Notre I mean, Dame. Well, they got talent, but they're not as good. <laughs> I can't even believe I'm. USC's not as well coached as Notre Dame is. Or then they don't have the talent. Yeah. Like it's, ins- I know it's you know, the world. So, the world is upside down. I mean, down. there's no. You can't say there's not going to be more injuries or that this Alex Bars things isn't a bigger deal or whatever it is. But by I mean, gosh, man, Notre Dame looks really damn good. Brian Kelly has done a massive turnaround since since going four and eight. Yeah. Um. The you know these coordinators who who were really really green, uh, Chip Long. I mean, really. I mean. This is his first real gig, and and Clark Lee, same thing. I mean, you just you, you there's so many people want to blindly believe it. It was like, yeah, I would love to. I, I hope, I have high hopes that these guys are great, but you can't just count on it because it's not no. been demonstrated. They're starting to build a track ra- record of actual results, and it looks extremely promising. It's unbelievable. It looks it's, extremely. It's promising. unbelievable what we've seen. This is the type of game. And trust me, if anybody could find a nit to pick, as we've mentioned, you and I probably could. I couldn't think of anything. Anything in this, this game that I had a problem with. This team with. looks legit top 10. Nothing. They're on their way to being playoff caliber, and I think that they should win out the rest of their schedule. Yeah, unless one and, of these other teams is so sporadic or up and down. Virginia Tech, maybe some question marks there. Syracuse, like you said, maybe Chippy. USC, just because of what's going But, but USC is not doing it this year. But They're Chippy, just, not Chippy doing just it. means if you play a shitty game, somebody can catch you slipping. The hope is that Notre Dame is past the days where they play shitty games. Yeah. Brian Kelly has evolved past the point where he lets his teams play shitty games. It seems to be that, you know, and here's the here's the most interesting thing. It's my final point I'll put on the game. 
I got to hand it to Brian Kelly. He won that game how he wanted to win it. He had a quarterback with four touchdowns. He had a running back with 150 yards. He always wants the balanced offense. We always tell him to run more. And he he said, you know what? He wanted how I wanted to. Frank Sinatra, man, he did it my way. Like he, that was a balanced offense. Dude, they were two thirds. Everything was on the table. Everything worked. It it was gorgeous. 55 rush attempts, 30 pass attempts. I mean, look at the parody passing 278. I mean, rushing two seventy two. Yeah, I mean four passing TDs, you know, but but whatever. I mean it didn't it wasn't agreed it wasn't Air Kelly. It wasn't Air Kelly. It wasn't no, it not wasn't at all. forsake the run. You know, if De- Dexter Williams was out and Tony Jones yeah, I mean it may have been. And you know what's funny enough, um Stanford kind of had I know they had uh way less plays than Notre Dame did. And way less plays. But it almost felt like uh, they kind of gave up on the run a little bit. I mean, Stanford turned into Air Air Shaw, which yeah. is what you've expect. It was Which they're not equipped it, to it do. It was vi- I, mean, I mean, they got good pl- I mean, look, you know, er- again, Irwin and and Arcega White, they're good players, you know. Same Brown, uh ESB's brother, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. they they got good players. But it's just that's not a sustainable model for the entire game, right? right. I mean, it's just you, you got a, a unless you're Tex, unless you're Mike Leach, that ain't gonna happen, man. yeah. And that's kind of what they resorted to. And and most of the time that people resort to that is when they can't run the fucking football, which Stanford with a whopping 55 yards, I know 30 of that sack, of sacks, yeah. sack yardage but off Costello. But even if you take the sack yardage, under they ran for under 100 with a Heisman guy. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So pack your shit, Stanford, and hit the bricks. I mean, that's the one thing Stanford should be Beat able to it. do with a guy like Bryce Love is run the football. And they didn't Christian do, McCaffrey, and they, and Bryce they Love, nothing. they couldn't even do it. They did nothing of the sort. That's it, folks. ND Fan Radio on One Foot Down. We are happy. We are thrilled. I'm optimistic. I mean, I got... Hopes are high. The hopes are high. It's getting beyond hope, man. This is starting slow, to get slow. Slow clap, Brian Kelly. This is crystallizing. There's no secret. It's I have not season... been a big fan of this guy, but they look they. But they have outcoached Jim Harbaugh. Brian Kelly has outcoached David Shaw. Hey. His coordinators look extremely competent, despite their lack of experience. Notre Dame's beating people's asses. I mean, it has a very similar feel to early 2017 when they were on the era, when he was kind of copying a lot of the era Parsegian, you know, like, you know, we will break, we have no breaking point. You know, he was, he was parroting a lot of, of, of that verbiage and, and a lot of those talking yeah. points. Dude, and I'm and I'm. Hey, follow me on Twitter at Irish Chinese. I'm happy to tell you when I see this thing is obviously done and it's over. And I, early, well, early, and Kelly's made it his own thing this early, year. Late, it's late third, early fourth. This game was oh, and it yeah. was probably over at halftime. I just wasn't ready to call it because of who Stanford is. But they didn't. They didn't want. They wanted no, nothing. I agree. They wanted nothing. Michigan had nothing. They couldn't do anything. Wake obviously got obliterated in Ball State and and to some degree Vandy, but you know those are just a pro, those are just a function of Notre Dame not necessarily being focused. Yeah, you know, and no, I and, agree. and pre, you know, it's it's biblical. It's like it's it's before book. Yeah, you know, before book and, and after book. It is, and just to be clear for all the people out there that follow us, trust me, if there is any credit that could be given to Brian Kelly for this game, Brian Kelly specifically, I give it to him. I give it all to him. He's in charge. He's the man. We've been critical of him. He he made the switch to book, which is looking like a like he had Gray Sports Almanac in his back yeah. pocket to make yeah. that pick. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's all working full speed ahead. I don't see any danger on the track right now. Please don't. Pl- 
prove me wrong. No, nah, they should win out. Dude, but this, I mean, it's this looking is, real this good. Is, I don't. Who knows? And what else what, could you say? Who knows what else what, could you who say? Who knows what'll happen in the playoff? It'll be a shame if this thing ends in a in an absolute manslaughter at the hands of Alabama. You know, whatever. But, well, but or a shame if they beat somebody in the Music City Bowl. Yeah. But no, I don't. But right right now, now it doesn't feel that way. Yeah, they look like they should run the table. They'll 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 make a playoff and uh, you know. Things some... things will be weird yeah, that's if right. they're that's in the right. playoffs. All so. right, folks. Appreciate y'all listening. See you next week. <laughs>